kids. I'd like to have some time with the kids today. Yeah, you out there. It's not always so 
easy to communicate with them. But I like to think that we can do that. I went to a funeral yesterday, and I had to communicate with people who are going through difficult times. What's another way that we can communicate with people? Sometimes a hug says everything, right? Sometimes just letting people know you're there. Presence also great with So I invite you to communicate as best you can the story that we have come to love. The story of God's love with us and to us in Jesus. Okay? So you can take those back with you, and uh, we'll hopefully hear from you very soon when we sing our song. Wonderful stories 
of exorcisms. There are these two stories, and these two stories shape uh, Mark's gospel. Uh, they're just four chapters apart, which is um, interesting in itself, but they both have similarities and also some unique differences between them. Now, exorcism is not something we uh, talk much about these days. How many of you have a discussion about exorcism lately? No? Nobody? I'm just so disappointed that that's not just on the top of your mind, exorcism. I think that we have considered ourselves to be a little bit more, somewhat, uh, oh, um, we're better than that now. We're just so far ahead, emotionally and spiritually, what, that we don't talk about exorcism anymore. We believe that we're above that. We, we know the power of evil, but we think that we can contend with it and take care of it. We tend to opt for more modern methods of somehow uh, dealing with it. Um, so we talk about uh, therapy or our family interventions, etc., etc., etc. The message, though, is the same. Evil is something we consider that we need to manage. We just need to do the right things, say the right things, eat the right foods, maybe even, you know, drive the right car. You know, we have all these isms that we're trying to take care of by our own methods and our own power. The message, though, is that evil is something that we cannot manage. This story is a, a story of evil that is so profound, so uh, hugely overpowering, that it has caused this man to be shackled and chained and cast out into a cave to live. The surprise is that it is uh, uh, just a, another day in Jesus' life. He's going along in both of the stories, and we hear Jesus just kind of going along when he's in the synagogue. He's, he's getting out of a boat, having crossed it to another town. In uh, the second gospel, the man was uh, filled with unclean spirits. Not just one, but he had many. He was treated by those around him. <laughs> their, their ideas of what, what treatment was. So they restrained him. They removed him from his family. Uh, his home. His community. And they forced him out. Into the darkness. Of the hillside. I like to admit it, but we oftentimes do the same things. We just label it a little bit in more acceptable ways. We ostracize. We use silence. We stay away. What are these stories trying to tell us? First of all, I appreciate how Mark introduces these encounters. Jesus is just going about his day. He is in the synagogue and crossing the sea, getting out, and there evil comes and finds him. In each of these stories, it is not the person possessed by evil who addresses him, but it is the evil spirit who addresses him, because it is no longer that man who is possessed, but the evil has possessed him. What do we have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? What do you have to do with me, Jesus of Nazareth? The story like the exorcist is about power and authority. The second question is also very telling. Have you come to destroy us? Have you come to get rid of us? You see, we Lutherans, 
Lutherans have always been very good at living in the gray areas. Lutherans understand that we are both, as Luther says, uh, saint and sinner. Sinful uses at the counter. And so we give our this sense of immunity over the power of evil. We can live in the gray area, we assume. Yes, we are saved by grace even as we find grace uh, to coexist with our brokenness. We are very good at this. But these stories really push our envelope and call us to claim another part of our Lutheran heritage. When we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into His death. Therefore, we have died with Christ in the baptism, waters of baptism, so that as God raised you from the dead, we too might live a new life. If we've been united with Christ in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Christ in a resurrection like His. The piece of, the, of that whole puzzle that is so important is that we must die. We must first understand the waters of baptism mean death to us. Do not play with this stuff. Do not contend with the evil that is present. The whole part of the stories that tell us the reader that Jesus has power over the powers of evil. Not just therapy with evil, but power over evil. That there is no other power that can contend with evil. The question, have you come to destroy us, is the main point in the story. For only God has the power to destroy evil once and for all. I personally like the second story. Because water is there, and the sea is the place that evil is destroyed. I love that part of the story. We also say that in this fine morning, no amount of sacrifice or self-control or promises to be faithful can contend with evil. Evil is not something that we do, like the eating of uh, uh, gifts given to uh, idols. Evil is something that we are. Brokenness is the sense, the essence of our relationship, not just with God, Itself moans and groans as evil takes hold. We destroy all relationships, assuming that we can do things on our own, discovering only that the harder we try, the more we realize is how weak we are. I love that what Jesus does in the second gospel reading today. Jesus not only destroys evil in the man of the Gennesarenes, he sends him back then to his family. He restores him to his relationships. Maybe that's what we are called to do as we confess our sins so that we might contend with evil in the waters of baptism. But we're sent back into those relationships, renewed by God's grace, to become the people God created us to be. Trusting in Him to somehow contend with the death as a part of our everyday life and promising that he will give us a new life and embracing that new life in relationship that reflects his love for us. Maybe that's the best proclamation moment for today. Yes, we, we contend with both saints and sinners in us, but we are called to confess that in Christ alone new life is given to us. This gift of God given to us 
We are to do nothing to force, this is not something we can do to force God's hand. In other words, God doesn't love us because we're faithful to Him. We're faithful to Him because God loves us. Faith, not a condition for His loving us. Faith, the result of God's unconditional love for us. Faith coming because we know that God can contend with evil to the point of destroying it and putting it to death once and for all in Christ. Why is Jesus' faith going out to the world? Why are we to take our megaphones and proclaim it? And I can tell you why. Because Jesus destroys the power of evil. Jesus gives us the faith to overcome the fear that evil creates, the death that God uh, that is created out of evil's power in our world. And they ask that question then, what is this? Because we've never seen this before. This is a new teaching, something that tingles our ears. What are we to do then? What is it like to live in the promise of a God who contends with evil? Know that God in Christ Jesus has claimed the victory over this power of sin and death in raising Jesus from the dead. The Gospel of Mark is uh, filled with little words. Uh, and the, the, the key word in Mark, if you read it, is immediately. And what happens is Mark keeps pushing uh, people to find the end of the story. And the end of the story is what makes all the rest of it make sense. Because at the end of the story is where the resurrection takes hold. You see the power of God now to contend with evil. And the greatest evil is this yeah, uh, is this death. And so, we claim the power of Christ's death and resurrection today. We believe that in the waters of baptism we are reborn into the, re the resurrection that is our life and our hope today. That is what we are doing. And we need a megaphone because let me tell you something, folks. This is not, it was new to them. Guess what? It's just as new today. I'm not hearing this story enough. I'm not hearing enough of that. I'm not castigating anybody. I'm just saying, let's do this. I can't imagine another story that I would want to have the passion to tell the story that when I go to someone's house and I see someone die. That I experienced knowing the victory or sin and death in my life through Jesus Christ. With you, go shout, go pray, whatever you do. <coughs> Playing the victory.